Amen. Is anybody glad to be in the house of God on a Sunday morning? Amen. If you're online, welcome. We're so honored that you would be with us. And you know, if you're online, right where you're at, that can be your sanctuary. That can be your meeting place with God. Anybody glad to meet with God today? Amen. Well, listen, I want you to open up your Bibles. Uh, our original plan was uh, Pastor Toledo's in Philadelphia, and he's sharing with our family there. And uh, but we had some technical difficulties. And so, uh, so as a result, you get me. Uh, but I'm the lucky one because I get you guys. And, you know, regardless, I know that I could say this. Today's message, we're continuing in the Learn, Live, Give series. And the first three weeks, uh, we went through Learn, Live, and Give. And now we're going back. We're going Learn, Live, Give. And then we're going to go again. We're going to go three cycles, Learn, Live, Give. And this, this cycle of Learn, Live, Give, it's very practical. We want to get real practical, but sometimes practical things are hard. You, you ever found that? Like, you could, you could see something, you could, you could watch somebody explain something, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I could get that. But then when it comes down to it, it's like, oh, that's a little more difficult. Now, I've, now I really got to do it. And I want to I wanna share a word today that I, I know I can say on behalf of Pastor Toledo, Pastor Tim, Pastor Dave, Pastor Jose, Pastor Edgar, all of the leaders here, that we're praying that this would get so deep into your heart that it would become part of who you are. Amen. That that the word that today's word and learn, live, give, it would become, it would be a it would just be in the fiber of who you are, of who you, of, of the child of God that you're called to be, that you would learn, that you would live, and that you would give continually in your journey with God. And I want to talk today about the biggest favor that you can do yourself. The biggest, how many of you guys like when somebody does you a favor? You know, you can do yourself a favor. The Bible says this, I want to get right into the word. The Bible says this in Proverbs. It says, do yourself a favor and learn all you can. Hold on, can we read that together? Can you read that out loud with me? Do yourself a favor and learn all you can. Okay, so, so what happens? What happens when you do that? Well, then remember what you learn. Don't forget it. Remember it. And you will prosper. How many of you guys want to prosper this year? How many of you, you know, they mentioned last week's message and, and Vision Sunday. God's too wonderful. I don't know about you, but, but I wrote some things down on that card. And I, I, I went home, and I was talking about somebody with it. And, and I said, man, I, I want to be so fruitful. I want to, I feel like God's bringing me, I feel like God, I've seen God start to answer prayers that I've had. And he's, he's making me more fruitful, but I have to lean into it. You have to lean into what God wants to do in your life. And what does that look like? It means, it means doing yourself this favor, learning all you can, and then not forgetting it, right? Not forgetting what you learned, remembering it, and then what? Then you will prosper. I don't know about you, but there are so many ways that I want God to prosper me in 2023. 
And man, his, his grace is so great that he gives us grace to grow. He gives us grace to learn. Grace to, to, to learn and then, and then we can take those things and he says, all right, you're learning. I'm giving you those things to learn and then I'm gonna give you more grace as you start, and I'm gonna prosper you. And I believe that there's a room full of people right here in Chicago that God's gonna prosper and impact the entire city of Chicago. I believe that there are people online that God wants to prosper you. He, but, but that prospering, it starts with us learning. And learning, title of today's message today, learning takes something. And it takes that we have a certain disposition, a certain, a certain approach to life. You guys say, say this with me. Be coachable. Say, be coachable. It's the title of today's message today. Be coachable. It's the coachable who can learn and not forget what they learned. It's the coachable who do themselves a favor and they say, oh, I'm going to learn. Learning doesn't happen on accident. Getting coached doesn't happen on accident. The Apostle Paul, he's the, the kind of the crowning example of this in many ways. The Apostle Paul, many believe that, uh, many commentators believe that 2 Timothy was the Apostle Paul's last book of the Bible. And, um, or last, last book that he wrote, last letter that he wrote. And the Apostle Paul wrote over half the New Testament uh, he started churches all over that, um, that really are the, the foundation of, of where we are now in the, in the global church. And he did all these things. And in the last book, in the last chapter that the Apostle Paul ever wrote, he says this right at the end. He's at the end of his life. And the Apostle Paul says this. He says to Timothy, Timothy, he's expecting Timothy to come visit him. He says, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. But then what else? And my scrolls, especially the parchments. What were those scrolls? That was the, that was the scripture. That was the Old Testament. Paul, who knew so much of the word, and then wrote instruction, wrote encouragement to, to the churches all over that now is in the Bible. Even at the end of his life, he's saying, God, I want to learn. Everybody say, I want to learn. God, to, you know, th there's certain days where, um, where the word is, is, like, is like dessert and, and you just jump at it. There's certain days where it's, uh, but today's a vegetable day. Today's a vegetable day. We have to, this is something that, um, that we have to get inside of us because it nourishes us. If you have kids, you say, okay, you can, you can have a treat, but you got to eat your vegetables. Today's a vegetable day because if you don't take things like this, we wind up in the same holding pattern. We wind up in the same cycle. We want to be people who become all that God has called us to be. Amen? Amen. So we pray with me, God, we just, 
We want to lay claim to all that you've called us to be. Lord, we want to we live a life worthy of our calling. God, we want to grow into everything that, you've, that you have for us, oh God. Lord, we want to be... Uh, Lord, we want to be empowered by your spirit. We want to be brought along, oh God. Lord, with you as our teacher, oh God. But God, as we learn, it takes a coachable spirit inside of us, oh God. So God, make us humble. Break us where you need to, oh God. Lord, would you make us open, oh God. Make us receptive, oh God. But Lord, make us hungry for your truth, oh God. God, your truth that permeates all the places of our lives, oh God. All of our relationships, oh God. All of our professional aspirations, oh God. Every part of our lives, oh God. Lord, it's touched by the truth that you offer us, oh God. So God, we want to receive it. We believe it, oh God. Lord, we believe that your truth, Lord, it can come into our lives. It can change us. It can transform us, oh God. So God, we say we're open. We want to learn from you today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 So listen, we know, I don't know about you, but I, um, I grew up in the city of Chicago, and when I, uh, when I was graduating grammar school, I remember Chicago Public Schools, they had, they had your, you know, your options for high school, you had your neighborhood school. They had a couple charter schools that were starting at the time. They had, there were private schools you could go to. But then there were selective enrollment schools. Does that ring a bell for anybody? You have kids that, that you have to go through that application process. When I, was in high, when I was going into high school, charter schools really weren't like a thing. And so it was like selective enrollment or neighborhood school or like pay a fortune, go to a private school. And I remember the rat race that like as eighth graders, we were on because everybody told us, if you go to a good high school, then you can go to a good college. And if you go to a good college, you can get a good job, right? All of these things. And, and it, was, it was an acknowledgement that the right teachers can put you on the right path, right? So a lot of um, the biggest corporations and the biggest companies, the most, um, the most sought after companies and the best companies, they will go and they'll visit Colleges, when, they're, when kids graduate and they visit the best colleges or the most prestigious because they say, we want the people who've been schooled or taught the best, right? For you and for me, you know, we see that and there's a level of truth to that. There's a level of acknowledgement to that. God, we want to um, learn from the best. But I want to say this as well. While that's true, if you feel like you've ever missed out on an opportunity to learn, Jesus gives a new opportunity. The, 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 the schooling of the world is not the end-all, be-all. The world was changed and transformed, flipped upside down by unschooled fishermen. Unlearned? No. Unschooled. They still learned. They still approached Jesus and they said, Rabbi, teacher, they approached him with a willingness, with, a, with an eagerness to learn and to be taught. When Jesus ascended into heaven and then they were, they were the apostles, they started to, they said, we learned this from Jesus and now we're passing it on. Your schooling does not dictate your capacity to learn. 
unschooled fishermen. D.L. I was at uh, Moody Bible Institute the other day. D.L. Moody, who sparked a revival in this nation, who started a church and a, and a Bible college that, that produced many people on our staff, many people who go into, into Christian ministry. He, was, he had the third grade reading level. A third grade reading level. But he said, Jesus, I want to learn from you and I want to be used by you. Charles Finney on the other side, Charles Finney, part of the same revival in the, in the late 1800s. He, uh, he didn't come to know Jesus until he was 29 years old. Before then, he was a very accomplished and schooled lawyer. But guess what? He didn't know Jesus. And then guess what? When he opened his heart to Jesus with that same willingness that D.L. Moody had, Jesus taught him as well. Jesus can teach you anywhere, wherever you're on the, at on the spectrum. It doesn't, your schooling, if, it, if you, had, you had great schooling, great. You're supposed to use that for Jesus. If you didn't, it's not too late to be taught by Jesus. It's not too late to learn. And when I say taught by Jesus, I mean from his word, but I mean everything that's applicable for your life. There is grace to grow. Everybody say grace to grow. There is grace to grow. Learning is a grace gift from God. It's a gift of grace that he gives us. Learning from his word, yes. Learning for relationships, yes. Learning, learning how to cook, yes. Everything in between. Learning is a grace gift from God. And it's a gift that he wants to give us and that we have to receive. And so I, wanna, I just want to give two application points today. Um, from this passage, doing ourselves the biggest favor that we can do, being coachable. Everybody say, be coachable. Number one, the coachable have a mindset for learning. So what does that mean? That means that sometimes, I'm not even gonna say some of us, sometimes all of us, we can have a mindset that is, I would call it the learned mindset. The mindset that I know it already. The mindset that I don't need to be taught that. The mindset of I don't need to be taught that especially by you. The mindset that says I'm already good enough. The mindset that says I'm good where I'm at, right? The Bible, Paul talks about being content, but being content is different than than not growing. Being content is saying, okay, I am content with, with my approach to growth and my, me, my, my, my circumstances in life, and I can continue to grow with who I am. I can be content with who I am now, but if I, who I am now is who I am in six months, I'm, I won't be content. God calls us to grow, but that growth, it requires a mindset, a new paradigm, the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A new mindset says, God, I can be coachable today. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So, if you approach a situation, if you approach a conversation, you approach a subject in your life, a stewardship in your life. We all have different areas and stewardships in our life. And if you approach one and you say, you know what? I'm good there. 
you, you will close yourself off to learning. You'll, your thoughts will close your life. But if you say, you know what? I want to learn. I want to be open. Your whole life can open to you. A whole new life can open to you. Jesus has a new life that he wants to open to you when you say, God, I want to be a learner today. God, I want, to, I want to learn something new. God, there are things that you haven't taught me yet today. David said in Psalm 25, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. So when you say, God, I, it's, not a, uh, it's not an afraid, cowardly fear. It's a fear that says, God, I put you in the rightful place. I, am, I put you in reverence. I put you where you belong. When you do that, God, when, and, and when, by the way, when you're doing that, you, you can say, God, I'm putting you in the rightful place. I'm putting you in a place where I can learn from you like your disciples did, like those unschooled fishermen. When you do that, the secret of the Lord comes to you. When you do that, God starts to reveal the things in your life that he wants you to know. Those are the secrets. Those are the things that he wants you to know. Those are the, that's the way that he coaches you. But it's, it's a mindset that needs to change because we are not like that. Our default, our, our fleshly nature says, I care more about how I look than, than, what, than how I really am on the inside sometimes. There's a coachable mindset and an uncoachable mindset. Uh, Ray Dalio a businessman, a, a, a best-selling author, even he says it this way, over time, the person who approaches life with an openness to being wrong and a willingness to learn outperforms the person who doesn't. The whole world acknowledges this. The whole world acknowledges that the best favor you can do yourself is to learn. But to learn, it requires what? I might be wrong about something. I might not know it all. Listen, I'm preaching to myself. This, if I, I could line up situation after situation where I walked into a place and I said, either I know it all or I don't want them to know I don't know something. <laughs> and all of the learning and experience and knowledge that I missed out on because of those things. So look, I said this is vegetables today. I want to get really practical. Okay. Uh, a learner's mindset versus a learned mindset, a coachable mindset versus a, an uncoachable mindset. What does that look like? Okay, I want to give you a couple examples. These are just examples. It's not all of them. I'm just gonna, we're just going to kind of fly into our lives real quick. Number one, the coachable says, there's a lot I don't know. The uncoachable says, knowing more is not that important. Knowing more is not that important. A lot of times, like I said, we, we don't want people to know that we don't know something. You ever been there before? Like, like I'll go into a, um, into a store, right? I'll go into a, and, and, and the, the, the clerk kind of comes, comes around me and says, is there anything I can help you with? Well, I don't want to ask that question because I want to figure it out myself because I don't want to open myself up to the fact that I might ask a question that sounds silly. I don't want him to, to think that, I'm, that I don't know what I'm talking about, right? I, we can get so, so just scared of, of looking a certain way that we don't ask the questions that open ourselves up to being coachable and to learning God's wisdom and knowledge in a situation. This impacts all of our lives. 
Okay, another one. And, and we're going to get a little more personal with these. The coachable. I want to listen with openness before I challenge. The uncoachable. I challenge before I listen. What does that mean? Well, sometimes we might, we might hear somebody say something of truth, and they start to say truth. And then you ever, you ever thought of the response that you have in a conversation before, the, before somebody else finished? I challenge before I listen. You're already challenging what they're saying. You're not even listening. You're not even open to being coached by that person. Okay, me, I'm, I'm not even being coached. I'm not even being open to being coached by that person. I told you I'm preaching to me too, okay? I want to listen with openness before I challenge. That, that's saying, God, you're so good. You're so gracious that you put people in my life who are not perfect, just like me, who can still give me your perfect truth. They don't have to be perfect for me to learn from them. Guess what? You don't have to be perfect for somebody to learn from you. But word, just, just sidebar word of wisdom. Don't walk, the, the word of the Lord today is not to walk out of here thinking that you're everybody's coach. But you can't be coached by everybody. Okay? You can be coached by anybody and everybody, anywhere, everywhere. You can always learn something. I want to listen with openness before I challenge. Or I challenge before I listen. So get a little, get a little vulnerable. Um, so I got uh, earlier this, this year, uh, I got married. And we went on our honeymoon. And I had the genius idea to say, all right, we're in a foreign country. Uh, instead of, uh, we're going from one city to another, one part of a country to another. Uh, instead of saying, uh, maybe we should fly there, maybe we should take a bus there. Said, no, let's drive, right? Let's, let's explore. And so, uh, so I rented a car and uh, I rented an automatic transmission and I get to the car rental place and they don't have any automatic transmission. And they only have manual, as is usually the, the standard in Europe. And, um, and so uh, there's a couple checkpoints in this story. Checkpoint number one, uh, the, the car rental uh, guy, I don't, I don't uh, the guy who works there, he wants, he wants my business. And so he says, oh, yeah, you can, you can drive a manual car. I couldn't. I, I drove a manual car one time when I learned how to drive, and I was 16, and now this is um, uh, somewhere between 10 and 20 years later. I'll, I'll, that's up to you to decide. And, and he says, oh, he says, oh, you can, you can learn how to drive. You, you can drive a manual car. I said, yeah, I'll figure it out. So he gives me the keys, and, and he, he walks me up a... Um, uh, uh, a car garage, and it's at the top floor. And, uh, and he, he gives me the keys. He says, you're going to be fine. It's, it's fine. Ciao. And he leaves. 
And I, I was like, I was like, good, he left because I didn't want him to see me, right? So check one, I should have said, I don't know how to drive that. Check two, I could have asked him questions. But no, because I care about how I look so much, I waited till he left, pulled up a YouTube video. It took me 30 minutes to get out of that parking garage. It took me another 30 minutes to drive a mile to where we were staying to pick up my wife. Then, here's the thing. Pick up my wife. I, I picked her up, and she, she gets in the car, and she's happy and happy-go-lucky. And I said, uh, I said honey, uh, I really need your support today. And she said, why, what's wrong? She, I said, I have a manual transmission car, um, and that's it. She said, do you know how to drive one? I said, I'm learning, you know. <laughs> so we're trying to get out of this busy city, uh, busy, yeah, this busy city, and every stoplight, every stop sign, every time it looks like a car might pull out, I stall and my car stops. Now we're... Bef I, I don't want to hear anything at that moment, right? I just, you ever just, you're like, ah, I got this. I'm going to figure it out. I don't want to hear any coaching right now. And so I get out of the city and now we're in the countryside and it's a little smoother. It's a little easier. But anytime we have to slow down, anytime we have to stop, it becomes a like 911 red alarm. And I'm getting some coaching. I'm getting some, some suggestions. Maybe you should look at this. Maybe you should watch another video. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with that, right? Now look, when you close yourself off from the coaching, you can start to go a little bit, but it's like driving a car and it's gonna, it's gonna stall. You can start to feel like, oh, okay, I got the hang of this. You know, fake it till you make it. I can, I can go a little bit. But then when you have to really do something, we stall out. If we don't allow the coaching in our lives, we start to stall out. And it becomes a cycle. And it's, it's God saying, hey, I want to grow you in this area, and I want to grow you in every area. But I can't do it until you allow me to get you out of this cycle. The coaching is what gets us out of that cycle. The, you know, just while I'm on it, that was, um, I, I think I would uh, speak for both of us when I said that was by far the hardest day of our honeymoon. Um, and like one of the, the more difficult days of our marriage so far. And I, I wanna say this, um, we're, we haven't even been married a year. We've been so blessed, but... Before we got married, uh, I, I don't have this in my notes. I didn't think about this, but I just want to, I feel like I'm supposed to say, I feel like I'm supposed to say something specific and I'm going to get there. But we would hear, oh, the first year of marriage is so hard. The first year of marriage is so hard. And we would hear that and we would say, hey, I don't receive that. We're rejecting that because look, the enemy always want you to be skeptical of the good things that God has for you. So look, it doesn't just, it's not name it and claim it though. 
okay? It's not name it and claim it. It's not, oh, I reject that. God's got something better. Now it's officially done, okay? Now that's where it starts. That's faith. But faith is dead without action. So you know what we did? We got premarital counseling. For all the important things in your life, you need counseling. You need people in your life to tell you the truth. You need people in your life to tell you things that are hard to hear. You need people in your life that give you wisdom and counsel and direction. This is, this is for marriage, but it's for everything. Career counseling, mental health, get therapy. Parenting, everything in between, financial counseling, wherever you say, you know what, I'm not exactly where I feel like God wants me to be, get help. Learn all you can. Do yourself that favor. God is offering it to you. There are people in your life because God does not, he doesn't leave you by the wayside. He always gives you grace to grow. All right, one more example, one more example. The coachable say, I will try and work at what I need to grow. The uncoachable, I'm already good enough. I'm already good enough. I, uh, look, I, I am who I am. Um, I love golf, and I'm an, I'm an addict. And I'm not as good as I want to be. And so I went, I went and played indoor uh, simulator golf uh, with a friend of mine earlier this week and I played so bad just I mean I'm already like unless you're professional and you're like you're on tv you're on the tour no one's good at golf it's just all varying levels of bad but I was so bad I was so bad that I went home and I was so discouraged and so then the next day I'm thinking about how bad I played and how I just lost everything that I thought I learned. And, and then it hit me. It was like, you know, do you want to get better or not? And so, so I, right there, I emailed the, the guy that I've taken lessons from before. And I realized I, I hadn't seen him in like six, seven, eight months. And I was like, I need to see you ASAP. Why? Because I cared. I no longer cared about thinking that I'm good and I'm together and I'm, I'm where I want to be. No, no. I will try and work at what I need to grow because guess what? I definitely am not good enough already. But how many of us in our marriages, in our parenting, in our careers, in our schooling, in things we want to learn in God, in our ministry, we just don't ask the question because, because we, we want to think, oh, I, I've been there, I've done that, I'm, I'm good. The Bible says, this is the biggest favor you can do yourself. Do yourself this favor. Learn, learn a little bit. No, learn something. No, learn all you can. Yeah. Look, one last thing, and we're going to move on to the second point. We're going to pray in a moment. But... I want to say this again. The people in your life, God has sent there to be voices of truth and wisdom for you. You know why? Because a lot of times we're just not good enough at receiving, God to, receiving from God directly. So he says, I'm going to send the people who, who speak your own language. 
who, who live in your house, who know your life, who know your upbringing. And I'm going to use them to coach you along the way. I, you know, I mentioned David earlier. Um, and David is a man who, in the Bible, is a man who is after God's own heart. But he also, he made a lot of mistakes. Some pretty big mistakes, right? But over and over, if you look at the pattern of his life, he would make mistakes. But why did God continue to use him and why did God continue to grow him? Because he was coachable. He makes a mistake and the prophet Nathan comes and calls him out. He says, you're right, I repent. Tell me what I need to do to make this right. He didn't say, oh, you're right, uh, but this. Uh, you're right, but oh, this. Uh, you're right, um, but you don't understand the background. No, 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 no. No excuses, you're right. What do I need to do to get right? That's coachable. There's another story where he gets into an argument. A guy named Nabal disrespects him. And David is about to kill him. And this is what happened. David's, and, and Abigail talks David off the ledge. And David responds and he says to her, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you today to meet me. Thank God for your good sense and for what you have done today in keeping me from the crime of murder and from taking my own revenge. People in your, the people closest to you in your life, they can be your best coaches if you let them. But if you don't let them, you'll go on and on and on with the same issues. I've got friends in my life that, um, Pastor Edgar's in the, in, the front, in the front row. Pastor David uh, is here. And I've known them for years. And there have been seasons in my life where there have been specific things that I've said, God, this one thing in my life, this response mechanism in my life, right? You remember the chart that Pastor Toledo showed where we you take on the yoke and you have this path or that path and there's the path of self-defense. There's the path of, of taking, you have to kind of take ownership of your own life because, because you're, you're afraid of what might happen. There were, there were specific things, specific responses in my, in my heart and in my mind that I said, God, I need to get past this. And, and I had people in my life like Pastor Edgar, Pastor David, friends in my life in this church and outside of this church that they would call me out and they would say, you know what? I challenge the way that you're, that you're responding to that. I challenge the way that you're thinking about that. They would give me feedback and I wouldn't be the man of God that I am without that. We need people in our lives who tell us the truth who have grace for us, but that we open our hearts to. Coaches don't just show up on your doorstep. It doesn't happen on accident. It's saying, God, I want to be coached. And here's the second point. The coach will have a mindset for learning, but I just said, coaches don't, don't happen on accident. The coachable look for the teacher. There's the old saying, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. Do yourself this favor. Learn all you can. Don't forget what you learned, and then you will prosper. But guess what? Learning, we need to find the coach. We need to look for the coach. The, uh, The Bible says in Proverbs 24, by wisdom, 
a house is built. Through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Look, your life is like a house. I was just, before I walked into first service, I was in CT's Playhouse. And uh, what's, what's her name? Uh, who's leading worship in there? Isa. Isa was leading worship. Isa's a CSL student. And Isa was leading worship in there. And she, she talked about the house that's built on sand or the house that's built on stone. Jesus, he wants to build a house out of your life, a strong house that stands. But it takes wisdom. It takes understanding. It takes knowledge. And it takes it to be from God, right? Without that, we're not building a house that's strong. Your life, God wants your life to be strong. But it needs to be full of wisdom. It needs to be full of knowledge. It needs to be full of understanding. And it's got to be from, from God's word and from God's people. You have to look for the coach. There are coaches all around you. I remember first getting saved, and I was talking to a pastor. I said, who do you, who have you, who do you learn from the most? I was thinking he's going to say like a, um, uh, you know, another a pastor that you might hear, you know, on a, uh, back then it wasn't a podcast, but on the radio or on, uh, on a sermon or whatever. And he said, he said, the Apostle Paul. I was like, wait, the Apostle Paul, he's, he's not here. But you know what, you know what he was saying? He was saying, I approach, I approach his writings like he's teaching me. Is the Bible just, just, you know, words to you? Or is it an opportunity every day for us to, to respond to God and to grow? Everywhere in your life, your friends, opportunities to respond to God and to grow. Books, opportunities to respond to God and grow. Podcasts, the right podcast, opportunities to respond to God and grow. But it's saying, I'm looking for the coach. I'm looking for the coaches. I'm looking for the people that I can learn from. And, and you know what? They don't have to have a title. They don't have to have a degree. They don't have to have uh, a reputation. I can learn from anybody. <laughs> Last thing, and then we're going to pray. I, I, I said, you know, I am who I am. So there's, there's going to be a golf illustration um, I'm going to spare you from the cat illustration today. Uh, but there's got to be a basketball illustration. So um, I, it's unassailable to me that Michael Jordan's the best player to ever live. If you disagree with me, we could have an, a conversation, but I'm not going to be coachable on that part. <laughs> so look, I, I love it, though, because... Um, you know, I, I saw him play, but when you hear people talk about him, um, there's just something different about him, about who he was when he played. And his assistant coach in college at North Carolina, his name was Roy Williams. And Roy Williams went on to, to be the coach of Kansas and North Carolina as well and won championships. He's a Hall of Famer. But early on in his coaching career, he had Michael Jordan. And Jordan was, and, and he was an assistant coach. And they asked him, they asked Roy Williams, what, what made him different? What made him stand out? 
And he didn't say it was his ability to dunk from the free throw line. It wasn't his shooting ability. When he was in college, they said that Michael Jordan was the fastest guy that they had ever seen. And it wasn't that. It was this. He was coachable. He was a sponge and aggressive to learn. So look, I think that's fantastic. I love that. But you're like, you know what? He wasn't great yet. Of course, of course he kind of had that, but then he, 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 got, he learned what he needed to, and then he just, he just kind of did his own thing. No, not, not Michael Jordan. 15 years later, Michael Jordan has, he's been in the NBA. He's already considered the best player in the, in the world. He's won multiple scoring titles. And Phil Jackson, oh, hold on, don't read it, don't read it. Look right here, eyes here. Phil Jackson takes over the Bulls. There was another coach. Phil Jackson takes over. He says, Michael, I know that you're the best scorer in the league. I know that you're the best player in the league. But we're going to put a new offense in. We're going to put in the triangle offense. And Michael Jordan says, okay, so what does that mean? He says, it means you're going to have the, you're going to touch the ball less during games. You're going to have less shots. You're going to have less points. And you're not going to win any more scoring titles. And here was Michael Jordan's response. He says, okay, you know me. I've always been a coachable player. Whatever you want to do, I'm behind you. Then, then he doesn't stop there. Phil Jackson keeps saying this about it. He says, that was it. That was it. There was no like, okay, I'll do it if this works. But if it doesn't, then I'm going back to that. Okay, I'll do it up until this point. Okay, I'll do it if it means I can still do this. He wasn't negotiating. He wasn't negotiating. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to make a trade. He said, no. That was it. From then on, Michael devoted himself to learning the system and finding a way to make it work for him. People of God, I know this is a silly secular illustration, but, but Jesus can use this. He wants to tell you, it doesn't matter how much experience you have in something. It doesn't matter how great or how little you've been trained. God still has more than he wants to teach you. And there are... There are opportunities to grow. The growing, learning is a grace gift that he has for every one of us. You know, I, I think about growing up and I would have people in my life who, um, whether it was sports or it was academics, they would, um, they would say, hey, that a boy, like great job. And, and you get affirmation and you feel good. Um, but then there would be those people in your life they would say, hey, um, that move that you made on the court or, or the way that you're swinging that bat, you got to change it because it's not going to work at the next level. Coaching, the advice. Sometimes we get so caught up with the affirmation with the, the that a boy or that a girl that we, that we lose sight of the value of the wisdom, even if it's hard to, hard to hear. So look, I want to pray for us. I believe that God... Every person here, I, like I said this before, I think that there are different areas of our lives that God wants us to take the learner's mindset for. But I believe that for, for the people here in this room, for you watching online, I think that there are, you have a lot of areas in your life. There might be four or five that you're really good at, that you're really strong in, and it's really going good. You gotta keep learning in those areas. But for some of us, there's one or two that it's, it's, it's adding pressure onto us. 
It's adding anxiety onto us because we're stuck in that cycle of saying, I don't need to learn anymore. And God wants to break that. See, it's, it's easy sometimes to say it here. Oh yeah, I wanna learn, I wanna grow. But then we get into the situation where we have to, we have to ask for difficult feedback. We have to ask for, for what somebody really thinks about our response in a situation. We have to ask what, 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 we have to say, no, no, be real with me. Where, you know, what do you see when I do this? Those are the moments that God's gonna show up because God's, because it's gonna be difficult, but you're gonna put the yoke on and you're gonna walk and God's gonna say, keep following me here. And then when you, when you commit to that, God is gonna give freedom and breakthrough. Learn all you can. Don't stop what you're learning and then you're gonna prosper. I don't know about you, but I want to prosper. And that, pros that prosperity, it's not surface level. It is deep. God wants to do a deep work, but it starts with us learning. Will you